You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, John. Um, I'm wondering how much of, of your offensive strategy is, is dictated by the personnel you have available to you on, on a year-to-year basis? And if there are, you know, two or three or four, or however many guys um, who have stood out to you in camp so far as, as the guys who need to touch the ball a lot this season? Well, I mean, you obviously want to know who's getting the ball on each play, that's for sure. I mean, sometimes the coverage would dictate it for a route or, or whatnot. I mean, obviously, you know, if you're handing it off, you know who's getting it. Um, but you like to have some awareness of who you have and who you think you need to get some touches to or, or, or what play, what plays you run. And this guy's the first read um, if he's open. But you can never totally tell. Sometimes, you know, you, you do your best and you can, but uh, not always 100%. Um, you know, they could, they could do certain things to take their, your first read away. But, um, you know, we've, we've had guys make plays the whole camp. I mean, you know, the line's blocking well, running backs are running hard. I mean, all the receivers I feel good about that are, that are going to play and the tight ends too. So it's hard to say anybody that sticks out. I think they've all had their moments, uh, good and bad, but a lot of good. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens come game day, who the, who, who's going to step up and, and, and make plays when we need it and who's going to be the guy to kind of stand up. All right. Lauren Kirschman, you're up, followed by Chris Fetters. Hi, John. You said at the beginning of camp that you were happy with how they had kind of learned the offense mentally coming into camp, but that they had to get used to it um, on the field. How have you seen them kind of grow comfortable in this offense? And what kind of stands out to you about the weapons you have heading into this first game? I think that they've done a really good job. I mean, we try to put in core concepts run-wise and pass game-wise and you know, present them maybe in different ways and, and, and so on. But um, I thought that we got, we got a smart bunch of guys – tough guys and they've been able to handle it and um you know you know we, we pushed the envelope at times some some days we pushed it a little bit harder than others during camp um but you know we come back to our core you know core plays and I think they've been pretty good at, at running those and you know hopefully we'll be able to um, be efficient and effective um come Saturday you know and I I, I think time will tell on who's going to be the guys that are going to step up I mean like I said they've all had their moments and you know I I think it's it's going to be a uh a situation where you know we will all see together who's going to be the guys that are going to be able to make plays when we need them when we got to have them and, and when they're there all right Chris Fetters you're up followed by Dan Raley John, I've been curious about Coach Lake's comments in regards to how physical you guys have been during fall camp and how there's been so much more tackling and, and that, that kind of physical nature, whereas sometimes you'd probably mix it up a little bit more uh, if you had a little bit more time to do it. Um, how does that work from a practical nature for you guys in terms of are, you, are your quarterbacks going live all the time? Are the running backs going live all the time? How, how have you been able to make all that work and, and – because Coach Lake said he didn't mind if they're dinged up a little bit and, and feel feel it a little bit because he wants you uh, wants you guys to kind of have, feel like you've had a, a couple games under your belt. Yeah, I mean, we, we have seven games coming up, and, you know, he's treated a few of those scrimmages as, as games. So we have gone live, and, 
Um, you know, so I think the, the guys are, are ready to go for, you know, for Saturday as far as the physicality aspect of it. You know, he's done a good job of changing it up when he, you know, feeling the team out when he thinks he needs to, you know, you know, ramp it up or, or ease it back. Um, we've had a good mix, um, you know, but he does it enough to know w w you can't hide. So, you know, he's, he's, it's not all, you know, tags off, tag off and, and jog throughs. I mean, we're going live full speed. We've done it enough to, to know, to get a good feel for, you know, that our, we got a bunch of tough guys out there and I don't think it'll, you know, show any differently Saturday. So I think that's a credit to him, you know, kind of setting that tone and a credit to the guys to be able to respond and react and play the way they're, they're asked to play. All right, Dan Rayleigh, you're up, followed by Nick Mendro. Uh, Coach, Kamari Pleasant was uh, listed number one at tailback on the depth chart we were given, and he's been mostly a third and a fourth unit guy, paying a lot of dues through his career. What has he done to elevate himself? Um, you know, he's been he's been solid, steady Eddie, made plays, running hard. You know, like you, like, you, know, you guys mentioned, being physical, um, being there every day. I mean, he's, he's been there every day, he's showed up every day and, um, you know, he's made a lot of, you know, a lot of good impressions from practice and, um, you know, he's smart along with the rest of the room, um, you know, and I feel comfortable, like I said, with a bunch of different spots with all these guys. I think you're going to see a, a lot of guys play and it's not going to be, you know, you know, just one guy in one, any position really, um, and, and that position is no different, but, you know, he's had a very solid, productive camp, and I don't know what he's done in the past as much, really. I just know what I see, and, and I'm happy that he's here. All right, Nick, you're up, followed by Mike Farrell. Yeah, last year in that wild weather game against Cal, the, the team struggled to get the ball in the end zone. Under a new system, uh, how have you guys been drilling home just scoring touchdowns this weekend? Yeah, I, I think they feel good about the plan as far as how we're going to try to do it. And, you know, it's going, going out and executing it, you know, um, you got to make a play in the red zone. Sometimes, you know, you, you can't always just run it in there. So you got guys got to make plays throwing the ball. So, you know, the ability to do both is key like anywhere else on the field. Um, but, you know, everything happens faster down there. There's tighter windows, um, you know, there's this tighter coverage. Um, you know, you'll see every week you turn it on, guys make plays that are ad-libbing. So, you know, it can do a couple different things. A lot of teams will, will heat you up and make you make a play, and some teams will drop everybody and make you run around and make a play. So it depends on what they do and, you know, what our, um, you know, play is against that. And um, if it's clean, we need to make the play. And if it's not, we need to make a play happen. And, you know, that's just the deal down there. All right, Mike Burrell, you're up followed by Lars Hansen. Yeah, John, I'm curious. I'm not saying you're going to do this, but I'm wondering in your, in your experience, when does it make sense to play two quarterbacks and do a two-quarterback two system? And have you done that successfully at any point in the past? You know, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, ideally you always would want one and ride with it. I understand that. Um, but sometimes, you know, some guys might give you certain skill sets that you like over another guy, and or at least they're valuable enough to utilize throughout a game. Um, and if it comes to that point, um, you know, you, you, you go ahead and do it. Um, you know, some guys, you know, maybe just haven't run away with the job and you got to see, unfortunately, how they're going to react when, you know, when it's, when it's go time. So there's a couple different ways that, you know, you would be able to play two quarterbacks, um, or more. <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, I think we have four guys that I have no problem with trotting out there and uh, playing Saturday night. And I feel real good about them. And however it shakes out, as far as the season goes, the game goes, the season goes, then um, I feel good about who we have. All right, Lars, you're up, followed by Christian Capel. Hey, Coach, with the offensive line, um, I just wanted to get a sense of like, what, for you, is the most important element with, the off- with regards to the offensive line with the offense? Um, you know, our guys are big and physical and smart, and that's, that's big. Um, you'd love to be able to line up and run on every snap. I mean, that's for darn sure. If they can move the pile and make it easy and do that, that would be the first thing for sure. Uh, but you're going to have to throw it at some point. So, you know, if that was the case, most – I mean, that's normally the case. So they got to be athletic enough to, you know, block guys in space. Um, so, you know, like any other position, bigger, faster, stronger, smarter you have, the better off you're going to be. I think our guys are have a, a good mix of all that. And, um, you know, we got to get our experience on the fly, um, you know, and then – you know, the mental aspect of it is very underrated in that spot because each week you play teams that play different um, fronts and, and pressures that you have to figure out. And it's not always clean. And sometimes you just need to uh, react and trust your rules and trust your footwork and, and uh, you know, trust your preparation and go with it. And, um, you know, I think that those guys have done a good job with that. And, um, you know, it's hopefully shows up on Saturday. All right, last batch of questions. Uh, Christian followed by Kim Grinnells. Hey, John, I'm, I'm wondering, what was your favorite thing about what Jacksonville did offensively the last four years that, that maybe was a little bit different than uh, systems that you'd worked in before? You know, it's, it's, when you're in the NFL, you, you, it's all football all the time. Um, you know, I, had, I was fortunate enough um, to work with uh, three coordinators um, with, with three different you know, some three different systems. Some were similar to others. Three different philosophies. So you kind of see a lot, and you learn a lot, and you're, you know, you see a lot of different defenses. You play so many games. You see so many different situations, not only within the game, but within specific schemes of defense, fronts, coverages, pressures, that you have no choice but to to learn and gather a ton of information. And I think that more than anything. Um, was enlightening and invigorating to me to be able to kind of get in that mode and just soak up as much as I could mentally, um, you know, as far as learning, learning ball, learning philosophies, learning how people uh, talk to the team, how they react to a win, a loss, what kind of players you had, different personalities. I mean, you just, there's, there's so many opportunities to gain experience from in that league because you're, you're just constantly doing football and you're constantly playing games and you're constantly studying film and, you're constantly talking about different situations and different plays. It's just um, you learn a lot. And I thought I learned a lot. Now the key from there is, you know, somehow you got to compartmentalize whatever you like the best and how you see it going forward and how it makes sense to a team that you're trying to present the information to so they can go out there and execute it crisp, cleanly, and in an efficient manner. And I think the staff's done a good job of kind of incorporating what I presented to them, and we funneled it down into the players. And if they can um, think fast, they can play fast. And, um, you know, I think we're at that point. I feel pretty good about where we're at, and I'm hoping we go out and do it. All right, Kim, you're up. And then Fetters and Varel, you'll wrap us up. 
Hey, Coach, are you a sidelines guy up in the press box area guy uh, and why? And when you're um, calling the plays, do you have, are you pretty much locked in with everybody tuned out or do you have other people in your ear? Um, I've, I've done both. I've been on both. Um, I've done it from both. Um, you know, I've been on the field, you know, through our scrimmages here. Um, you know, whoever's going to be quarterback's going to be, you know, pretty new here. Um, and, you know, you're able to communicate a lot better on a sideline, not only with him, but the rest of the team. It's, it's, you, you take out the middleman. So that part of it is, you know, a huge advantage of being on the field. You can, you can communicate and talk constantly throughout a game. When you're up top, you see better. Um, you see it, like I said before, I believe, like a chessboard. You know, you know, you see it from top down, so you can kind of see the pieces move around and get a feel for certain things that you would not see on a field. So there's pluses and minuses to both. Um, you know, but I think at this point, um, you know, with it being a new system, uh, with it being a quarterback that's running a new system, you know, with it being players that are running a new system, better to be, you know, down and, and communicating with them at this point, and we'll see, you know, how it goes. But um, during the game, you know, as long as you're calling a play and no one's talking, that's the only time really there shouldn't be any talking. Other than that, I mean, if you have information or you see something, you say something. So I have no problem with people talking on the talking and see if they see something. I mean, they're not, they're not going to be on the phone just to talk. They're going to be on there because they recognize something or see something or this is going to happen or that happened. And the more information you can possibly get, better. So as long as it's in the right way at the right time, then, you know, so be it. If you're down on the field, who have you got up in the box then? Yeah, we got some uh, – we got guys in the box. I don't know if Coach Lake – Durham Cato will be up there. Peyton McComb will be up there. John Rowe will be up there. Um, those will be the guys up there. The rest of the guys will be down. Um, as long as we get the information we need from the guys up top, you know, and I trust them, and we've, we've practiced that a few times already, then, you know, it hasn't been an issue. So I don't see that being an issue going forward. Sorry about that. Uh, final two questions, Chris Fetters, Mike Varell. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I wanted to follow up on your on your comments about um, really wanting to run behind that big offensive line and run downhill and, and do that kind of thing. And then when you see a guy like Kamari Pleasant at the top of the running backs list and, and Coach Lake's comments about uh, there's a reason why heavyweights don't fight lightweights, is this all kind of go hand in hand? Is it is it is is Kamari at the top of that list kind of a reflection of all that philosophy, or did he simply have the best camp and and that's you know he did what you wanted to see uh, out of your number one running back? Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's had a great camp, you know, and our line, they're, they're going to dictate the run game, and the backs are going to have to get what they, um, you know, get what we need and then get what they need. And, um, you know, we, we've had a lot of live situations. He's been there every day. Those other guys are going to play. I mean, you know, I hope he goes out there and, and we, we can't take him off the field because it's so, you know, noticeable that he's just, you know, crushing it, and I hope that happens. And – you know, but those other guys are going to play and they're good enough. And, you know, Coach Lake's got a philosophy. He wants to be physical as a team. And that doesn't necessarily mean you got to run in every snap. But you know what? When you have to, you, you got to be able to do it. And I think those guys up front appreciate that mentality. And um, because, you know, there's going to be points in games where you're going to have to be able to control the line of scrimmage one way or another. And, um, you know, I think that's more of a mentality than anything else. And, um you know, I, I think I, I try. I know I trust those guys up front and what they can do, and the guys behind them running it are going to appreciate their their efforts. All right, last question, Mike Varell, go ahead. 
Yeah, John, I'm just wondering what you've seen from Mark Redman in his first college camp. <laughs> For a true freshman, he's done a pretty darn good job. He really has. Um, I mean, he's a big kid. He's smart. He's physical. He's a good athlete. He can run. I mean, he's he is going to be a heck of a player here. And um, he's shown enough now. Um, for us to be excited about him. And if he's going to play, then he's going to, you know, we got no problem with that. So I, I've been impressed with him, not only as a player, but as a person, credit to his parents. Um, and um, I'm excited to, you know, kind of get him out there and see what he can do. All right. Thanks, Coach Donovan. We appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Co- Coach Kukowski should be right up, guys. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Coach. Um, I was really curious just looking at the depth chart that came out and whatnot. Um, very curious and, ex- and excited to kind of hear your thoughts on Alex Cook and what he's done to, to kind of put himself uh, really at the top of the mix with the safeties. Yeah, Alex has had an awesome camp. Um, he's um, every practice, he's uh, treating every rep like it's a game rep, and he's playing fast, he's playing physical, uh, playing with a lot of urgency, and he had a really good camp. All right, Dan Rayleigh, followed by Lauren Kirschman, please. Coach, you've got this uh, really – talented secondary with Alex Cook, one of them. Uh, are all those guys going to play in some fashion uh, from scrimmage? Um, yeah, I mean, with the secondary, it's, um, you know, we got different personnel groups that we that we uh, can use. But um, for the most part, um, those guys, those guys roll and um, there's not not a ton of substitution going on with, with that position group. All right, Lauren, you're up, followed by Lars Hansen. Wanted to go back to Alex Cook briefly. I mean, just what have you seen from his development? A guy who switched over to defense. Um, what has he done to get to the point where he's at now? Uh, could you say who, uh, uh, Alex Cook again? Yeah, I wanted to go back to Alex Cook. Just for a guy who switched over to defense. I mean, what have you seen from his development and for him to get to where he's at now? Um, he's putting a lot of hard work um, on the field in the meeting rooms, extra meetings with Coach Harris and coach Brown and uh, he just he bought in bought into it from day one and it's been steady progress uh, and you know I've, the way he, the way he attacked camp this year um, he looked comfortable out there and practiced really well, really well and you know with that came um, came the confidence and um, you know he, he earned everything he got by uh, how, how he went about his business learning the defense and um, playing fast, playing physical, and executing at a high level. All right, Lars, you're up, followed by uh, Christian Capel. Hey, Coach, where have you seen Latu, uh, Lilia Latu grow the most in camp, and what are you expecting out of him this fall? Um, just the, uh, just the, like the details of um, the, the techniques and whether it's rushing the passer, getting off of blocks, um, you know, the, the details, he's more, more, uh, more comfortable with the calls. And so the game's slowing down. He's not 
he doesn't have to process what he's supposed to do, how he's supposed to get a line that, that's coming more natural, faster. And now, and now he's uh, been able to hone in on, on the details of, um, of his position. And so with that comes, um, you know, the game slows down and it looks like he's playing fa- like he plays faster. And um, so that's, that, that's the biggest thing. Christian, you're up, followed by Mike Burrell. Yeah, Pete, I know you'd said that Savelle had flashed early on when we talked to you, I think, the first week at camp. Um, just how, how have things gone for him since then over this last month? Yeah, steady. it's a work in progress, man. He was a, he was a high school freshman last, or high school senior last year, and now um, he's playing college ball, and he's coming along fine. Um, um, so it's steady progress, and he's not where he's going to be um, in, in next year, but but pleased with where he's at now. All right, Mike Burrell, you're up, followed by Chris Fetters. Yeah, yeah, Pete, I'm wondering, you know, after such a long offseason, it can be hard, I know, to, to stimulate physicality of a game in practice. How confident are you in your team's tackling right now and what they're going to be able to do against a very physical offense? Um, yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty confident that um, we'll be able to go out. I mean, we're not going to be perfect, but, you know, we've got a lot of good work in. And... Um, you know, we've had to deal with some big backs of, of our own. Um, that's that. It's a good training for what we got to deal with with uh, Chris Brown, and so I feel good about it. We got to go out there and do it. All right, Chris Fetter is followed by Dan Rayley. Yeah, Pete, uh, followed up on that. How? What was your initial reaction when when Coach Lake told you how physical and and how live you wanted to go this fall with with the guys and and outside of the tackling? benefit what other benefits do you think it really helped uh for the defense in such a short amount of time well i mean playing like being in uh football condition is a lot different than being in um you know summer lifting running condition um so when you're when you're leaning and striking and leaning and and on old linemen and trying to get off blocks and fighting double teams and and playing blocks and then running to the ball, that's, that's a lot different type of um, um, exertion and, and workload than just, you know, running sprints or change of direction and that kind of stuff. So it, it helps it helps from that standpoint. And then um, obviously the, the getting off of blocks, being physical at the point of attack, and, um, and then the tackling part, um, it, all, it, all, um, it all works together. All right, we got four more questions, then then we'll let Coach go. Uh, Dan Rayley followed by Lars Hansen first. Uh, Coach, while you're <clears throat> cautious with uh, Savelle Smalls because he's a freshman, and rightly so, he's still he's the only freshman that made your two deeps on the defensive side. Will he rotate in on Saturday and get some some good time? Yeah, um, you can ask Coach Lake about the the depth stuff, but uh, if you know, I fully expect guys. Um, any person that's in the two deep to on defense to to the field, whether it's in the rotation or in special teams. All right. Lars, you're up followed by Mike Farrell. Given how abnormal this year has been, how much does it help for from a preparation standpoint to know uh, what Chase Garbers and Christopher Brown bring in terms of the offense having faced him last year? Um, just based off of what we plan against them and what they did. Um, that's, yeah, that's all we, 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 we have to go off of. Um, I have no clue what they, they've been doing their, this summer on their, from their end. Um, so we just go off of, you know, last two years playing them. 
All right, Mike Varell, you're up, and then we'll finish with uh, Chris Fetters. Yeah, uh, what kind of camp has Daniel Haymuli had? Yeah, it's been great. You know, he's starting to get more comfortable with the defense. Um, and the guy plays fast, plays hard, uh, makes full speed decisions. And so he's been – he's had a really good camp. And um, like like a lot of these guys that, that are transitioning from freshman to redshirt freshman, um, you know, there's, it's steady progress. And um, we keep pushing them up with them and, and, and you know, hold them, hold them to um, – to the level that future guys or previous guys have played. And so, um, uh, so far, so good. We, we just got to, we got to keep working and uh, he's got to keep working and keep getting better. All right. Final question of the day from Chris Fetters. Go ahead. Yeah, Pete. Um, I was curious, how would you characterize the, the offense that you've seen out of Bill Musgrave when you, when you've watched tape of maybe what he did at the pro level um, compared to the offense that you guys saw with Bo Baldwin the last couple of years? Yeah, um, Bo's offense was more spread, more 11, 10 personnel sets. Um, you know, the offense that uh, Coach Musgrave uh, has used is um, has has that component. They can get in 11 personnel sets, 10 personnel sets. They can get uh, into empty, um, but they just do it out of multiple personnel. They can be in 21 and do it. They can be in 22. They can be in 11. Um so it's just there's a lot more um, pers- personnel groupings that um, that they can use to get into whatever um, formations they they feel um, feel feel good about going into a game. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.